You're listening to a sermon podcast from Redemption Hill Church, recorded at one of our worship services. Good morning, everyone. I'll be reading from Psalm 1 to 6 today. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. These are the true words of the living God. Okay, good, good. Well, good morning. Uh, thank you for having me here. What an honor to be with you guys. Uh, congratulations on the first year anniversary of ECP. Uh, I remember visiting uh, Singapore in 2014 as part of the City to City Intensive, and I got a chance to come to RHC back uh, in the day, and uh, I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know all of you, uh, getting to know see how the church has grown. Um, I want to bring greetings from Delhi. Uh, Delhi is, uh, uh, is, uh, is the second largest city in the world. I don't know if you know this, 32 million people. Uh, I know Singapore is five and a half million. Uh, Delhi is a large city, uh, but less than 0.1% uh, evangelical. So it is a very needy city in terms of the gospel. Uh, but we planted New City uh, five years back in March. We celebrated our fifth anniversary, so we bring greetings. We pray for you often. Uh, Perch has preached in our church many times, even through Zoom during the lockdown. Uh, and our desire and our prayer for you this morning uh, is that uh, this congregation will be a faithful gospel witness in Singapore. Uh, that you will be faithful, you will flourish and thrive in the city the kingdom of God will expand in the city, even through each one of you. Uh, that is our prayer. We want uh, our desires that each one of you will see Jesus and sense Jesus in your hearts. That you will experience the power of the gospel. Uh, that you will be an attractive, winsome, generous, hospitable community in Singapore. Uh, and I pray that God will add many more uh, to this community. Uh, as uh, Perch mentioned, we are also part of the Rezaun family of churches and uh, it has been such a joy for us to be part of the Rezaun family uh, as we pray together, share resources together, share wisdom and experience. Uh, so we've been immensely blessed through this partnership. Uh, like Perch mentioned, Perch is a good friend uh, and uh, the story is true, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, but, but, but he, uh, it didn't go the way he said. But. Uh, uh, Perch did talk a lot. I needed, I needed a break. <laughs> it happens in my church too. When my church folks come, I let them be. Deepa is very hospitable. She's an extrovert. She talks to them for an hour, and I come later, right? Just for the important thing. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's true. Um, this morning, uh, the passage is from Psalm 126. Uh, and I did not know that this passage was preached one year back. And I didn't know this. And I, 
Uh, it, I only knew this two days back when Han actually mentioned that to me. Perch didn't mention anything. Uh, but when I was praying and thinking about what should I preach for you, uh, I decided on Psalm 126. And in some way, it is the providential sovereign hand of God to remind you of something from Scripture. Psalm 126 uh, is the song of ascents. Uh, and I want you to imagine this picture where people uh, would go up to Jerusalem uh, three times a year for f- uh, festivals and sacrifices and they would go from all these towns and villages and just imagine this, right? And just people walking up to Jerusalem, carrying their children, having their families together, the young and old, everybody walking up. And as they are going up to Jerusalem, uh, people would break out in songs and these are the Psalms and they would sing as they walk up to Jerusalem together, as the community of God's people. Uh, and it doesn't matter uh, what has happened in their life or what's happening in their circumstances. It could be a difficult period in their life. It could be a stressful period. They could be facing failure, sickness, or challenges, or it could be a successful period in their life. No matter what it is, as the people of God, they would sing before God. They would sing of His faithfulness. And these are the songs they would sing. And in some way, I was reminded of scripture in Hebrews 10.25, which says, do not neglect gathering together like this. Why? Because when we come together, there is something powerful that happens as we sing together, as we worship together, as we hear the word of God, as we remind each other of the gospel. And so that is the picture, right? And uh, and sometimes, and even in India, right, especially in India, uh, people sometimes come To Jesus thinking, if we come to Jesus, all your problems go away. Uh, They think if you come to Jesus, your sickness will go away, uh, you will become wealthy. And that is a false gospel, which is prevalent in India, right? But in scripture, we see that a believer's life has both sadness and joy. Uh, You are both weeping and laughing. In some way, it is mingled together. And the reason is, Because Jesus' life was like that. When you think about Jesus' life, even the first miracle he brought about was uh, turning uh, the water into wine and he brought festive joy into this wedding in Cana. Uh, And people were ecstatic. Uh, The sick were healed. Uh, The demon possess was delivered. People who were dead were brought back to life. And everywhere Jesus went, there was joy. And yet, Jesus was called the man of sorrows. Uh, Jesus wept. He was sad. He was betrayed. He was ridiculed and rejected. And so as we follow our Savior, in some way, our life resembles that way. We have both weeping and laughing. We have both sadness and joy. But God calls us to be faithful. So this morning, ECP, as you celebrate one year, I want to remind you and I want to call you from scripture, how can you be faithful through every season of your life? How can you remain faithful as individuals, as families, as a community of God's people through all seasons? How can your, how can your faith be robust? How can you remain unshaken with all the turbulence and circumstances in your life, especially in moments when You have tears flowing from your eyes and your heart is broken and you're weeping. How can you still remain faithful? So I want to place this psalm before you. Faithful through all seasons. And firstly, firstly, the first thing we see here is 
How can I be faithful? How can you be faithful through all seasons? By faithfully remembering the past. Faithful remembrance of the past. Let's look at verse 1. Psalm 126 verse 1. It says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. So here is a group of people and they're remembering the past. They're thinking about what had happened in the past. Uh, They're remembering the context of exile. Uh, It was a time of brokenness and sadness for them, at times of tears and desperation. They were captives in a foreign land. And there is a psalm that gives a window into what their experience was like. If you look at Psalm 137, I'm going to read it for you. Psalm 137 verse 1. And they, and they share their experience this way. They say, by the waters of Babylon. This is the time when they were in exile. It says, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. Why, why, why are they weeping? Because their homes are destroyed. The temple is destroyed. People are lost and they've lost their families and their loved ones and Everything they know and the home is raised to the ground. And so they remember Zion and they are weeping. And verse 2, it says, On the willows, there we hung up our lyres. The willows are the trees and they hang their musical instruments. The reason is, they say, verse 3, For there are captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion so that the captors, the Babylonians would come and taunt them. They would say, hey, you guys remember when you would go up to Zion and sing these songs? Why don't you sing those songs now? Right? Your God has forgotten you. (laughs) Why don't you sing? They would torment and taunt them. And they're writing this thing. How can we sing these songs? This was their situation. This was the scenario. And and in verse 1, they're remembering. They're remembering this. When the Lord had restored the fortunes of Zion. It says, verse 1, we were like those who dream. Back in Psalm 126. It says, then our mouth was filled with laughter. And our tongue with shouts of joy. And then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. What a beautiful picture of remembering the faithfulness of God. So even this morning, ECP, God wants you to faithfully remember His faithfulness in the past. He is a faithful God. And sometimes your past... And even in the journey of ECP, but even in your own journey, your past could be difficult. Your past could be filled with suffering and challenges. The question I want to ask you this morning is, how do you remember your past? How do you remember your story? Uh, When you look back at your life, how do you narrate it? How do you think about it? Uh, Sometimes people, and especially I would say in Singapore, You guys are self-reliant. Singapore is one of the most modern cities in the world and you built it with your hard work, with your innovation, inventions, and all of those things. 
And sometimes when we look at our lives, we feel we are self-reliant. We feel we have contributed to the success of our lives. So when we think of our past, when we think of our success, when we think of how we studied, uh, how we graduated, how we got a job, sometimes we think that we are the hero of the story. I have accomplished all this. I worked hard. Right? It is, it is my success. I deserve everything that's happened in my life. And sometimes when we remember the past, we could be too self-reliant. Some people, when they think of the past, they think of it as coincidence. They think, they think sometimes in India, we think it's fate. Fate has brought things together. It's just coincidental. Even in this psalm, if you think about what, why did Cyrus let these people go? Why were the children of Israel let, let go back to their homes? Some people can say it is probably because of politics. Maybe Cyrus wanted to do something nice for these people. Maybe it was politics. And so he let them go. Or maybe it was famine. Uh, he couldn't uh, afford to feed these people. So maybe he let them go. He wanted to take care of his own people. History can think of it like that, but there is a God who is providentially and sovereignly working behind all things. So even in your life, maybe you sometimes think about your life as coincidence. Hey, the fact that we are here is coincidental. The fact that you moved to this city, the fact that you moved to this area, the fact that you are friends with these people is because of just one grand coincidence. No, my friends, it is not coincidence. It is the hand of God that is leading each one of you. Some of us, when we think of our past, we can think of our past through the lens of hurt, through the lens of failure. So every time we think of our past, our heart is sad or bitter or angry because of what has happened and it is real. It is real. Your experiences are real. And maybe you look at your past through a lens of hurt. And I remember my mom, who passed away in 2017, but growing up, we, we lived in a small home, me and my brother, uh, and, uh, and my mom was very extroverted, she was very hospitable, uh, and uh, we love, me and my brother, we love to eat, right? We, we just would eat, we were just hungry all the time growing up, right? Uh, so I remember when, when my mom was a teacher, she'll come back uh, after, after school, we'll be waiting for her at the home, and, and the moment she comes, she'll go to the kitchen, and we will take a couple of stools, we will go sit in the kitchen next to her, and she'll make us these dosas. I don't know if you're familiar with dosa, right? I mean, it's an Indian kind of crepe kind of a dish. So she makes dosas, uh, and, and both of us will compete. I will eat 15 to 20, he will eat 15 to 20. It was real, it was, we, eat, we used to eat a lot, right? Uh, and we would sit there and my mom will be making one after the other, one dose after the other, one dose after the other. But that was the time she would tell her story, right? She would talk about her life. We've heard these stories a hundred times, right? Every time we sit with the dosa, that's the way, that's the reason she makes us the dosa, because she'll make us the dosa. We are, uh, we are captive audience in the kitchen. And she will narrate her story every time. And my mom's story was fascinating. I cannot imagine how she managed her life. Right? She, when she was young, when she was a young teen, 
her, her mother passed away and, uh, and her dad, uh, my grandfather, he remarried uh, and the stepmother was really cruel to my mom, very cruel, right? Uh, and when she turned 18, my stepmother wanted to marry her away uh, to a drunkard, right? And it wanted to get rid of her. And my mom left the home, went to a hostel, uh, and uh, became a teacher, met my dad. Uh, when she met my dad, my grandfather refused to come for the wedding. So he didn't show up for the wedding. So the pastor had to walk my mom down the aisle. Her life was bizarre, right? It was like, man, they, it had so much challenges so many challenges. But every time she would narrate her story to me and my brother, she was beaming with joy because of what God had done for her. We would never see a hint of hurt or bitterness in her life. She had a life of suffering, but every time she'll make the dosa and every time she will tell us the story, she was filled with joy. She was filled with gratitude for what God had done in her life. So my friends, I want to ask you this morning, when you remember the past, when you narrate the story of your past, when you tell your friends about your past, when you pass on stories to your children, what are those stories? Scripture calls you to say, hey, will you faithfully remember the faithfulness of God in your life? The faithfulness of God in your life. So how do, I, how do I remain faithful in all seasons? You faithfully remember the past. Secondly, secondly, prayerful obedience in the present. Faithful remembrance of the past, prayerful obedience in the present. Look at verse 4 and 5. It says, verse 4, Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. Right? You, uh, the first uh, couple of verses, first thing, it looks back at God's deliverance. And in this, these couple of verses, they are, they're looking to God in prayer for their present circumstances. There are two metaphors here, and I love both the metaphors. And both metaphors are important for us to faithfully follow God. The first is the metaphor of a Negev, the wilderness of Negev. It says, restores our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams in the Negev. Negev is a southern part of Judah, and it is a dry and arid and parched land. It is barren, right? It's like a desert. But during winter or during spring, there is sudden rain that comes and fills this desert. Even today, sudden flashes of rain comes, and suddenly the desert starts blooming there are flowers and there's grass and everything comes up in a sudden way and it completely changes the arid and dry uh, landscape there. Now, now, when people are thinking about this, they are coming to God and they are asking, Lord, would you do something marvelous for us like that? Even as we come for our present circumstances, even as we come with sadness, even as we come with prayer for our own people, for our own families, for our city, for people around us, would you do something wonderful and marvelous like the rains in the Negev? Will you change 
Will you transform? Will you do something miraculous? And my friend, God does. God does intervene that way. Just the way he has led ECP, God in so many ways steps into our lives, steps into history, steps into our communities and families to do something that we can never expect, we can never imagine. We've never thought of asking him, yet he miraculously does things. And so they're asking, so, so even this morning, even in your own sadness and weeping and tears, God is inviting you to prayerfully come before him. Prayerfully come before him, asking God to do something marvelous. But not only that, not only that, we see another picture, and I think that is equally important. The second image is that of an agricultural image. It is about a farmer sowing. It says, those who sow, verse 5, those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. Here we see people, people not only expect a picture of extraordinary deliverance from God, but we also see a picture of a farmer who is faithfully sowing. A farmer goes out, even in the times of drought or famine, when there are no rain, he faithfully goes out and he sows the seed in faithfulness. And God says, hey, I can do something miraculous. I can come and deliver in marvelous and astounding ways. But he is also calling his children to be faithful in obedience. Would you be prayerful, hoping for God to move, and yet faithful in obedience in your day-to-day -day life? Because my friends, when you go through suffering, when you go through seasons of desolation, when you go through seasons of tears, it is very easy to be tempted to forget the faithfulness of God. One of the first things that happens, and it's happened in my life, and I've been through some challenges, and the first thing I do is I don't pray. I ignore God's call in my life. I tend to isolate myself, and my heart becomes bitter and angry sometimes. I might be serving. I might still be a pastor, but my heart becomes cold. Why? Because I'm not coming to God in prayerful obedience. Sadness can do that to you. Grief can do that to you. Suffering can do that to you. So this morning, a reminder from scripture is don't ignore your tears. No, it's not that we should always be happy and laughing. No, God says, bring your tears to me. Bring your tears, sow your tears in my presence because you have a God who hears and sees and answers you. That is the invitation this morning. The invitation is to say yes in the midst of my tears, even though I might be tempted to quit, even though I might be tempted to walk away, even though I might be tempted to isolate myself with anger and bitterness, yet the call of scripture is to say, to wipe away my tears and to faithfully obey God. To faithfully follow him. Just like Abraham in his old age. Just like Jacob when he was limping. Just like Hannah when she was barren. Just like Daniel when he was in the den. 
just like Nehemiah when he faced opposition, just like Esther when she was in danger, God is calling us to go and to serve and to worship and to give and to love and to flourish faithfully. So ECP, this morning, this morning the call of scripture for you is to faithfully remember the past, God's faithfulness in your life as individuals, as families, as a community. And to prayerfully obey him in the present. God has called each one of you to love God and to love people. God has called each one of you with a purpose in this city. Would you say, Lord, what have you called me to? What have you called me to? What gifts have you given me? How do you want me to serve you? Would you continue to prayerfully obey him in the present? And lastly, lastly, there is a hopeful confidence about the future. A hopeful, a hopeful confidence about the future. Look at verse 6. Look at verse 6. It says, He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Oh, there is a sense of confidence. There is a sense of certainty. Those who sow faithfully in tears will reap with shouts of joy. I mean, see, we see a course of this in the New Testament. In 1 Peter 4.19, it says, Those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good, continue to remain faithful, continue to obey in the midst of your suffering. Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Oh, there is a sense of confidence. There is a sense of confidence in the midst of your tears. Now, how is this? Where, where do we get this power? Where do we get this confidence from? My friend, it is from the gospel. It is the gospel that gives us the confidence. It is the gospel that helps us understand how to live faithfully. Jesus was faithful in the past. Jesus accomplished your salvation, which is an undeserved gift for us. He endured suffering and pain and shame, and yet he was faithful. He was faithful on your behalf. He was faithful during temptation. Hebrews 12.2 says, Because of the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You are his joy. You are his salvation. You are, he is your salvation and redemption. He longs to be with us one day. My friend, Jesus was faithful for you. Jesus was faithful on your behalf. He lived a perfect life on your behalf. He paid for your sins. Not only in the past, he is with you in the present. His spirit is with you. He is constantly convicting you and comforting you. He is leading you and strengthening you. He is protecting you. He is praying for you. He is equipping you. And not only the past, not only the present, my friend, there is a day that is coming. That is going to be a glorious day. A glorious day when every tear will be wiped away. When everything wrong will be made right. When every broken heart will be set whole. Oh, that day is coming. When he will come as a king, as a judge, to reward your faithfulness. 
My friend, it is the gospel. It is the past, present, and future aspects of the gospel that as I delight and as I treasure in, that moves me to remain faithful because I see God is faithful, because I see Jesus is faithful on my behalf. So ECP, I want to I wanna remind you, God is doing something beautiful in your midst. Would you faithfully remember, even this day, I love the memory, I love the memory station, I love the stories, I love this, I love this, because we do similar things back in Delhi, because it is not to, like Perch, it is not to pat ourselves on the back, Oh, it is to come before a faithful God and to worship Him. These are wonderful memories of His faithfulness that we can pass on to people and to our children. Would you prayerfully be obedient in the present? And as you serve Him in the midst of your challenges, would you be hopeful? Will you be hopeful for the lives of people in your own families, in your own workplaces? Would you be hopeful of the power of the gospel for this city, this beautiful city that needs the gospel. I love this hymn. And Horatio Spafford wrote this hymn in times of intense sorrow and loss. He says, when peace like a river attendeth my, my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot Thou hast taught me to know it is well, it is well with my soul. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you will give us grace to obey. You will give us the humility to receive your word. May your word be planted in our hearts so that it will bear fruit that lasts. Oh, may the gospel spread and shine. May Christ be glorified in our midst. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Ranjit. Let's uh, just keep ourselves in a moment of prayer. Without rushing on from uh, this wonderful message that we've heard, why don't you just close your eyes, bow your head for a moment as we reflect and think on the words of this great psalm. Maybe your past has got hurt and pain. Why don't you bring that to the Lord this morning? Perhaps you're going through something difficult at the moment. Won't you bring that situation before the Lord as well? Maybe you don't have much hope as you look to tomorrow or the future. Won't you bring your future before the Lord as well this morning? And just as Ranjit was encouraging us today, let's Look back with the lens of faithful remembrance to see how much God has actually done already in our lives. And with the current challenges, let's remember his second point, which is prayerful obedience in the present. And as we 
look into the future, we have a hopeful confidence. And this is because it is well with our soul. Because the Almighty God, the All-Powerful One, the Maker of heaven and earth, loves you and has saved you if you've given your life to Christ and received His salvation. Your worst case scenario is an eternity in paradise with Him. But it doesn't begin in eternity, it begins right now. That you can know this God right now. You can know His presence, His nearness. Just receive the love of the Lord today. And if you're someone who hasn't yet repented of your sin and put your faith in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul, this is a great moment to deal with Him, speak with Him. His invitation to you today is His kingdom, to call you into His kingdom. Can I challenge you to respond to Him? To receive the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. For those of us who are Christians, we love to remember the death and the resurrection of Jesus, the foundation of our hope. So can I ask you to, if you're a Christian, to just reach for the, the pack which was given to you as you walked in. If you don't have one, you can just wave a hand. This is a remembrance. This is part of uh, just applying Ranjit's framework this morning. This is a, a faithful remembrance of the past. In fact, Jesus' words are that we would remember his death and his resurrection, his body and his blood through communion. So it's a moment of great joy for us. And we can also come before him with our prayers and make right with him. So as you're getting yourselves ready, Let's just collectively repent. I, one of the things I love about communion, coming to the Lord's table, is the opportunity just to clean the slate and just to say, Lord, here I am again. Forgive me for the sins of uh, the recent past. And when we do that, we know that He always forgives. And the symbol is His death and His resurrection. So it's a very safe thing to do is to confess, confess and repent before Him. So... It's in the quietness of your heart. Won't you just make right with the Lord this morning and confess and repent of your sin. Just tell Him. You've been listening to a sermon podcast from Redemption Hill Church. You can find more of our sermons online at www.rhc.org.sg.